It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But with all the current uncertainty, how do we know when and where to put our hard-earned money to work for us? It's easy to become distracted by that shiny object or the quote-unquote next best thing. So how do we determine which strategies will best align with our financial goals? Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies to build our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Danny Nichols. And I'm Chris Thompson. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Listen, if you're interested in passive real estate investing, but aren't sure how or where to get started, our passive investing guide walks you through the entire process from understanding the benefits to performing the due diligence. Download your copy today at twosmartassets.com and start taking action. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Nichols, and today our guest is John Rickgarn. Having lost both of his parents to cancer by age 16, John realized that the typical path of getting a job and investing in a tax-deferred account for retirement may not work for everyone. John set out to educate himself on building passive income streams, and in 2016, he bought his first investment property, a fourplex, by pulling money out of his Roth IRA. Since then, John left his safe and secure corporate sales job of 12 years to pursue investing full-time. John, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, excited to have this. You got a great story, man. And actually, we're I'm excited to dive into today's conversation. You know, we're going to talk about investing with retirement accounts, trying about getting started, stuff like that. Super excited to jump into that. But, uh, you know, like I said, you have a great story. So let's just start there. Start by telling the listeners more about your story, your background, and then eventually how you got into real estate. Sure. And uh, yeah, I can kind of take a step back of, um, I can actually still remember it to this day. It was uh, almost seven years ago. Um, so my wife had left a, you know, quote unquote, safe and secure job, but it was very, you know, demanding and time consuming of her. And she was thinking, well, you know, I've always wanted to be, become a college professor. I want to go back to get my PhD. So I'm looking to quit my job, walk away from it and go back to school. And I was in full support. It's like, you know, it sounds good. And I just kind of took a step back and looked at, you know, my life and thinking, okay, you know, we got all these savings and, you know, retirement accounts and okay, we're going to be down to one income and just kind of keep, you know, seeing what we can do to make ends meet. And just kind of had the light bulb go off, uh, actually two light bulbs. Uh, one, I realized, you know, from the days uh, when I was about 11, 12 years old, I've been working, you know, 40 hours a week from mowing lawns, newspapers, grocery store jobs. And at the time I was in office equipment sales and I kind of looked at it. It's like, okay, I'm 31 years old. If I was to essentially relive my entire life, that 31 year span, I'd be working 40, 50, 60 hours a week for that entire period and jump forward at age 62, I still wouldn't be at the quote, arbitrary retirement age that everyone talks about. You know, you save, save, save in your retirement account till age 65. And, you know, it's just, you know, utopia after that. <laughs> and after I thought of that and, you know, kind of depressed myself of, you know, working another 31 years, then it kind of dawned on me. It's like, well, what's to say I'm going to make it that long? Because, you know, I mean, just my backstory, my dad died when I was 11. My mom died when I was 16, both of cancer. And, you know, they were in their mid fifties and they did the same thing. It's like, you know, 
you know, invest in a Roth IRA or invest in a retirement account and come into your 60s, you're going to have this great lifestyle. It's like, well, yeah, it's a great lifestyle if you make it. <laughs> so from that point on, I just kind of realized, you know, I think I'd rather have more income now and in retirement versus just deferring my entire life to some arbitrary date in the future that isn't guaranteed. Yeah, I think, you know, that's huge because, you know, a lot of us are brought up, especially people, you know, in our age, you know, you know, grow up, get a, you go to school, get a good job, you know, yep. you know, save your way to retirement. Right. But I think a lot of people are transitioning out of that because they're realizing, well, you know, that's not the life we want to live. Right. And it sounds right. like, you know, that's something you did. So so once you realized, you know, this is this is the route you want to take, maybe, you know, not working a nine to five, 40 hours a week, whatever, until you're 65 is not the route you wanted to go. You need to do something more. You know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> we hear this story every once in a while, and then you kind of jump into, oh, and now we're, we're doing this. But the real thing is, is I think people get hung up on the actionable steps, right? So mm -hmm. what did you do after you made this decision that this wasn't the route you wanted to take? What did you do in order to, what actionable steps did you take in order to like push you through to, to actually get that progress to the next step? Sure. Uh, so yeah, the, at the time, this was uh, late 2014. And I was very much at the, I think they call it on the learning continuum, the unconsciousness incompetence, if I said that right, <laughs> where you don't know what you don't know, essentially. It's right. like, well, I don't know anything about real estate or investing. And I mean, I've heard some people do about it, but you know, what's a cap rate? I don't get any of this. And at the time I was, you know, on the road a lot for sales. It wasn't uncommon for me to put you know, 150, 200 miles on the road each day. <laughs> so then I found out this great thing called podcast and just started, you know, researching, going on iTunes. Okay, this looks interesting. This looks interesting. This looks interesting. And just absorbed a lot of information that way. Uh, fast forward to 2016, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted in my uh, first real estate investment, um, looking around and lo and behold, the fourplex popped up. And, you know, hit the 1% rent to value ratio was newer build, um, you know, just kind of checked all the boxes, but then, okay, $300,000 property, 25% down payment. I mean, you can do the math. That's, you know, not exactly pocket change. Right. And I was actually talking to uh, uh, my financial advisor at the time. And he was the one that mentioned, it's like, well, you've had this Roth IRA since you've been 19 and you've put money in every single year. Did you know you could take your contributions out of that tax free? And I was like, no, I thought you just left that there until you retired. So pulled out, uh, we sat down, crunched the numbers, what I had put in the Roth IRA for all those years, uh, pulled that out tax free. And that was went towards the down payment of the fourplex and just kind of snowballed from there. So I think that that's very interesting, right? Because a lot of people who are investing in real estate, you know, they think they got to save up some cash or they maybe to partner with somebody who has some cash and they take down mm -hmm. the deal, right? Um, but not a lot of people think about using a retirement account. I mean, mm -hmm. I know when I first started investing in real estate, that was the, the farthest thing from my mind was using a retirement <laughs> account to invest in real estate. You know, I just, I didn't even think about it. And, you know, fast mm -hmm. forward to now, obviously, you know, investing in deals with, with a retirement account, but I don't think uh, a lot of people now uh, really realize that that's an option. So uh, can mm -hmm. you talk to us a little bit more about that experience and how you're able to just use those funds at investment property? Were there any hangups or any things that you realize like, Hey, you know, this is what other people should know in, in regards to using a retirement account to invest in real estate. Sure. Well, I think, uh, I think a lot of people kind of confuse um, retirement accounts and just kind of lump everything into one bucket where 
you know, truthfully, from a tax standpoint, there's the traditional retirement account and there's the Roth, uh, Roth IRA or Roth 401k. Biggest difference, most people are familiar with the traditional, they get a tax, uh, you know, deduction up front, they put in money, it grows tax free. Then when they take it out in retirement, that's when they pay taxes. The Roth IRA, it's kind of works in reverse, you don't get a tax deduction up front, but it grows tax free and you can take it out tax free. Um, I think uh, another podcast I listened to is Cashflow Ninja, and I think MC Lauscher put it best, I want to pay tax on the seed, not the harvest. So I'd rather pay the tax on what I'm putting into it, not pay tax on what I'm getting out of it. So that was you know, kind of my thinking with it and learned that, okay, since you didn't get a tax deduction, you can take the funds out tax-free. Now, that's your contributions, not your earnings from it. But it does allow for more liquidity where, yes, if you have a traditional IRA, okay, you're going to get you know, hammered by your top marginal tax rate, plus a 10% penalty on top of that. So yeah, with the traditional IRA, if you need to take out $50,000, you're probably going to have to take out 90 or 100 to net $50,000 after taxes and penalties. Yeah, and I think that's huge, right? I mean, you got to be paying attention to things. And, you know, just for for the listener who isn't quite as familiar with these strategies, as you say, maybe yourself, um, can you talk a little bit about how you were able to maybe educate yourself or where you found out like, you know, the right way to do this? Cause I think a lot of people hearing this right now, think, Oh, you know, that seems like super difficult. I don't, I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to begin with that really. Yep. You know? uh, can you talk us a little bit through that? Sure. Uh, yeah. Like I said, just kind of started with uh, deep diving into podcasts uh, years and years ago. I'd read the familiar book, uh, rich dad, poor dad, which I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard about and reread that and read one book and listen to one podcast you hear this resource mentioned and you just kind of go down the you know rabbit hole from there and a lot of it really just comes down to networking too i've you know whether it's through podcasts or you know syndication events or even just bigger pockets or linkedin i mean i've networked with investors all over the world and you know each of us kind of have our own specialties and experiences that we can share with each other um can also save a lot of headaches too, where, you know, yeah, you learn a lot from your mistakes, but if you can learn from other people's mistakes and kind of get a jump start of don't do this, this, and this, this is what I did. You know, you can cut off quite a few years of the learning process too. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's only so many books you can read and there's only so many podcasts <laughs> you can listen to, right? You're going to get some good information, but at the same time, it's really not enough. And what mm-hmm. I found is I had been through all the books too. I'd been through all the podcasts, just like I, you know, like we all do. But just to your point was the biggest thing for me finding a good, you know, somebody to talk to, somebody to really get the information from mm-hmm. was from networking, getting referrals, yeah. recommendations, right? Because you go and talk to people who, who have already done this successfully. They've already made this move, this transition into whatever type of retirement account. And mm-hmm. um, they have recommendations like this worked really well for them or it didn't. So, you know, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person. Or I'm not going to mm-hmm. talk to this person. So I think that anybody who's listening to this right now, you know, you can read all the books, you can listen to all the podcasts, you can watch all the YouTube you want. Mm-hmm. Um, go out and talk to somebody and get a, get a recommendation and then go talk to that person and see how you feel about it, you know? So I think recommendations and referrals are probably one of the, the biggest things you can get if you're looking to really, you know, find somebody to be in your corner for, mm-hmm. for a retirement account. And again, I'm not, we're not tax specialists here. We're not giving right, tax and advice. Right, neither am I. <laughs> yeah, we're not giving any sort of tax advice. We're just kind of talking about what we've seen work for us. But I think it's amazing. I think the power of using a retirement account is massive and it should not be overlooked. You just got to get educated 
and talk to the right people. So, so John, uh, you know, I think it's amazing about the retirement accounts. Let's talk about, you know, achieving financial freedom. Like, uh, you know, we kind of talked off on offline a little bit about achieving financial freedom and and the importance of it. And obviously we hear about it in your story as well. Um, Can you talk a little about your process for starting the financial freedom journey and how you were able to to get that ball rolling? I think it's very interesting. Yeah. And um, if you talk to a lot of the quote unquote gurus or, you know, people that say they have, you know, become financially free, I don't know if it's just a round or an easy number, but it seems like, you know, oh, I have $10,000 a month coming in a passive income. That seems to be this magic number that all my bills are paid for, whatever the case may be. And I think for a lot of people and myself included, it's like, well, geez, you know, $10,000 a month, that's $120,000 a year. I mean, that's why I grossed for my day job back in the day. So how in the world am I going to hit that kind of a benchmark? So what I started to do is just kind of break it down by the components where I just sat down and wrote down what all my monthly recurring bills uh, that I had that were pretty much, you know, set in stone. You know, I think your mortgage payment, your car insurance, car payment, even down to your Hulu and Netflix subscriptions. And I bring that up because I think just about everyone nowadays has a Netflix subscription. Right. And I, I don't know, they changed their pricing again a little bit. I think, you know, most plans are around $15 a month. So I just broke that piece off of, okay, what can I do as a passive investment that would pay me $15 a month that would cover my Netflix subscription. So kind of back to the researching uh, one podcast, I learned about a real estate syndication platform, uh, Realty Mogul, Mm -hmm. uh, invested in that. They pay out monthly distributions. You can either reinvest it or take out a cash distribution. Um, Actually turned out to be like $27, but it's like, okay, well that pays for my Netflix subscription. Let's continue on. And just kind of built on that and grew from there um last investment we made was a single family home in memphis tennessee that after all expenses nets about 250 dollars a month well that pays for two of our insurance policies and our uh great plains natural gas bill every month so those bills are pretty much taken care of or on autopilot if you will and just you know it's versus just looking at this ten thousand dollar you know or whatever amount that might be insurmountable for so many people just kind of start breaking it down. What are my individual, you know, bills that I pay every single month and then just match up. Here's this uh, expense. Let's match it up with a passive income stream. Yeah. I, you know, that's the first time I've heard this strategy. And I, I think, <laughs> I, I think it's awesome because uh, like myself, you know, when I, when you think about financial freedom, the whole time is like, you get, you think about that overall, that big number, right. Whether it's 10 mm-hmm. grand a month or five grand, whatever it is. Right. That, and that seems daunting. Like you're like, yeah. like you said before, like, well, how much money am I going to have to invest passively to, mm-hmm. to make that happen? And I think breaking it down like that, and then just, you know, taking a chunk at a time is very interesting. And I know you mentioned realty mogul and, um, and a single, single family home. What are some other ways that you've gone and like use passive income to kind of cover those bills or do anything have you have you experienced with any other type of passive income uh vehicles uh yeah real estate's been kind of the big one that i've used uh obviously since 2016 a uh, platform that i really enjoyed for years was a lending club that was basically a peer-to-peer lending site um uh, that was kind of my go-to for years um i actually got you know, not necessarily I would recommend this to everyone, but I got pretty savvy where I would take out 0% balance transfer checks, invest the money, just pay the minimum payment 12 months later, re-roll that and ended up getting like 
you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars uh, paying passive income, and none of it was my own money. I had just used borrowed money from it. Nice. Um, unfortunately, they discontinued that platform uh, late twenty twenty. So I've started to experiment with a couple others. Um, but yeah, I've mentioned the Realty Mogul Fundrise is another one I've enjoyed. Um, started to do some with cryptocurrency where you can actually get paid interest on your holdings. And obviously the real estate route from, you know, the largest one we own is a fourplex all the way down to a half acre parcel of a coffee farm down in Panama. So <laughs> a little bit of diversification across the board. I think that's awesome. And you know, we were talking offline about the, uh, the, the Panama deal. I think that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do have a question though, cause we get this, we get this every once in a while from, uh, from investors who are just beginning to invest in real estate, right. And maybe they don't have a ton of money to drop down on a property or mm-hmm. invest in a syndication, you know, 50 grand or whatever. Uh, but they're, they're considering the, um, the crowdfunding model. And, you know, we've had Jillian sure. Hellman, the CEO of Realty Mogul on the show, actually. And we've talked to her about a number of different things, but a lot of our investors, they, they bring up the crowdfunding thing. So can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about more your experience with the crowdfunding and kind of the pros and cons to what you see at that investment vehicle? Sure. Um, I would say generally, um, well, the biggest pro with uh, crowdfunding, like you said, if you don't have $50,000 or a million dollars to buy an apartment complex, you can basically... Uh, be part of a pool of money that invests in those assets. Um, typically, you know, minimums are a lot lower from, you know, 500000 maybe $10,000. And the good news is you are completely passive. You just invest and then they send the checks. The bad news is, is you are passive. So you don't necessarily have a seat at the board of, well, this duplex down in, you know, Memphis, I'm going to, you know, fix the roof. I'm going to do some value add. I'm going to do a cash out refinance. You know, since you are passive, you can't really make those decisions. So ironically, I kind of consider the passive aspect of those as a pro and a con, depending on what kind of investor you are. Um, I do like it from the income standpoint, from a tax standpoint, you can get you know, the IRS views those payments as, you know, quote, ordinary income, where if it's, you know, from a direct real estate investment you have, it might be more of a passive or portfolio income. Um, Again, I'm not a tax advisor or accountant, but a lot of times, you know, I think a lot of us look at, you know, how much is this investment going to pay me? Well, okay, this one might pay you more technically, but would you rather have this where you pay 30% in taxes? Or would you rather have a, you know, passive investment or portfolio investment that you might pay 10, 15, or maybe even 0% in taxes with depreciation? Yeah, I think that's amazing. You know, and you bring up a great point about being active or, you know, really passive. Cause what, as a passive investor, like you said, you're giving up control basically, right. Mm-hmm. To the operating partner. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of investing in syndications. Uh, but the truth is as an investor, I think it's always good to do a deep dive on yourself and realize, you know, what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, you know, I always wanted to invest in bigger properties. Right. But the truth mm-hmm. is, I don't have any experience with, you know, operating an apartment community or a self storage <laughs> right. or a mobile home park. Right. And so, uh, you know, at the time I was like, well, how do I get into these? And, you know, I do give up control and a little bit with that control, you're giving up a little bit of return, but mm-hmm. the truth is I don't have, at the time I didn't have any business running an apartment or a self storage facility. Right. And so right. really, I think it's 
would be smarter to go into passive. So I think as, as investors, you really got to evaluate yourself and consider what your strengths are. Yeah. Well, and same here. I mean, I've never flipped a house in my life. I know a lot of people watch the HGTV shows and think, Oh, this is easy. Any idiot can do it. I'm like, well, if I can pound a nail and straight, that's a cause for <laughs> celebration. <laughs> my wife is handier than I am. I will freely admit it. So, okay. If I could partner, partner with an investor that, okay, they have the experience, but they don't have the money. I have the money, but I don't have the experience right there. You know, creating a partnership that's a win-win can, you know, be beneficial to all parties. Absolutely. I think it's amazing. John, so you're on this path to create financial freedom. you got a great plan. You're, you're diversified over, uh, you know, a number of different assets, which I think is amazing, just the diversity in there. Talk mm-hmm. to us about where your current focus is and where you see yourself going in the next couple of years. Sure. Uh, my current focus is still primarily on real estate and also um, uh, setting up an additional uh, self-directed retirement account. I've uh, back on the tax bit a little bit. Um, I'm a big believer in Roth IRAs and Roth uh, retirement accounts. Just pay the tax once and be done with it. Um, if you ever heard of a company called PayPal, there was an investor, Peter Thiel, you know, threw in stock of PayPal in his Roth IRA years ago. It was a penny stock. Well, now he's sitting on, I think, a $2 billion Roth IRA right now that he's never going to have to pay taxes on. So any investment that I don't get, say, depreciation or additional tax benefits from, I try to do those in my uh, self-directed Roth accounts. If there are tax benefits like the real estate, like I was mentioning, I try to do that outside of retirement accounts. Um, going forward, um, scoping out some additional markets from Kansas City, Missouri, Oklahoma City, um, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Dayton, Ohio. My goal is by the year 2030 to have 50 to 100 units and enough passive income that both my wife and I do not have to work, but if we want to work, we can. So that's kind of the goal line uh, about nine, nine years out here. So I love, I love it, man. That's a great goal to have. You know, I think, I think uh, those markets are great too. Uh, I know a couple of people in those markets. Uh, I think you're on a good path, man. That's a, that's awesome. Love to hear that. John, it's mm-hmm. been a great conversation. Really enjoyed getting to hear your story and learning more about you and your path. But before we get out of here, we want to take some time and shine a spotlight on you. So tell listeners more about your company and anything else you have going on. Sure. Uh, so yeah, about two years ago, I started my own uh, website, uh, wealthandfreedomnexus.com. Uh, if that's a mouthful and you're listening to this while driving, you can just type in my last name, uh, rickgarn.com. It will redirect you right to that site. Uh, wfreedomnexus is my uh, Instagram and Twitter handles. You can follow me on there as well. But basically everything I have on my website from investment opportunities that I myself have partaken in. Um, all of them are available for non-accredited investors. You don't have to be a you know, million plus net worth high earner to partake in any of those. And all the investments and the stories you read about, I've invested in firsthand. There's nothing, well, I've heard this is a good investment. So here, I'm going to put it on there right? something like that. So really, you can just kind of follow along with my journey, learn my mistakes as well, skip over those mistakes um, yourself and (laughs) get a little bit better head start than I did as well. So but yeah, wealthandfreedomnexus.com, totally free to join my newsletter and blog. There's no sales pitch or, you know, guru package or anything like that. (laughs) Awesome. We're going to make sure to 
put all that stuff in the show notes, John. Uh, I'm sure I know uh, a bunch of our listeners will be eager to jump on some of that stuff. Like I said, I went to your website a, a number of times over the, the past few months and uh, it's amazing. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of good stuff, man. So I encourage yeah. all of our listeners definitely to go check that out, but uh, appreciate yes, it. John, it's been great having you on the show. Really appreciate you talking with me today. Thanks, Danny. It's been great to be here. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.